Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. On today's episode, we're with Tia Behrens of the Barnet Aspen Acres in Spearfish, South Dakota. The Barnet Aspen Acres is a stunning wedding venue that offers breathtaking panoramic views of the northern Black Hills, minimalist landscaping, clean lines, and modern aesthetic design features. Originally built as a space for Tia and her husband Dan to host their wedding, the venue has now become the canvas for the vision for other couples' weddings as well. Tia is sharing why people are and always will be the main focus, the importance of staying in your lane, what she looks for when hiring, and how her parents influenced her as an entrepreneur. So here we go with Tia Behrens. Okay, well, we're here today with Tia Behrens at the barn at Aspen Acres in Spearfish, South Dakota. Tia, it's so great to meet you. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. So we just found out something really fun about each other. Your husband is from almost right by my hometown. I so. know, it's crazy. Yes, <laughs> Such I love a small it. world. Somebody <laughs> said the other day at a wedding, if we keep talking, the world's going to get smaller. <laughs> yes, that's so true. Well, tell us about you. Has the Black Hills always been home for you? It hasn't. I am originally from Shatter, Nebraska, but the hills have always been a part of my life. Uh-huh. Um, so I love it. The northern hills are definitely home for me, and we will always have a part of it in our lives. Um, we will always have a home here. Futuristically, let's have a, a vacation home somewhere. But there you go. for now, <laughs> this is always home. Good. So what was it that brought you here? So I went to college at Black Hills State University. Um, My degree is in marketing and management, which surprisingly is very fitting for my current job. Um, But yeah, I I really enjoyed the outdoors and the views that are here. Um, It's a little bit different than where I grew up. Um, Had trees, but not the views that we had before. So um, I just love the outdoors and getting out and being a part of it. It feels very at home for me. Yes, for sure. Well, since we're talking about a wedding venue, it seems fitting that we first of all get to know a little about your love story. So how did you and Dan meet? Yeah, Dan and I have a bunch of mutual friends. Um, we were both outdoorsy. Um, I think one of my favorite things about our love is that we share so many commonalities. Uh-huh. Um, we do so many of the same adventurous things. And through that, we were connected. Um, and I was in my previous job in sales. Um, and he is a family medicine physician. So the two of us lives have crossed many times. And yeah, here we are. <laughs> the I rest love is history. That. I love it. So tell us about your dream at Aspen Acres and how that came to life. Yeah, so my dad previously owned real estate, and I think that in a futuristically mindset, I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, wanted to have the flexibility. Um, Real estate was appealing to me, so my husband and I started saving, thinking, oh, well, we'll own an apartment complex, and you can property manage that. Um, But as we were planning our wedding, um, we got engaged and started the wedding process. And as we started looking around the Black Hills, we just found that there was a huge gap in the market. Um, We saw that there was literally no white barn, farmhouse, modern type building in the hills. Um, And we were very shocked because in Iowa, where my husband's from, they're on like every corner. And I jokingly say that, but like Iowa has, Iowa has a corner town everywhere. <laughs> every, every corner you turn, there's another um, 
place to live. So um, when we were looking, we were like, gosh, we should just look and see if there's a business plan in this and start doing some research and see what this looks like. So yeah, that's how it was born. And we just started from ground zero, purchased land, built a building, um, did a lot of finished work ourselves. And that is how our love story started, literally. And um, uh, pretty big. <laughs> and it keeps going actually through this place. So you were the first ones to have a wedding here then. We were. Yeah. So we, we were the first wedding. Um, August 10th of 2019 is when we started. Um, so our anniversary is twofold um, with our business and our wedding. So that's interesting. Um, every year comes around. There's so much more to be grateful for because we've had a successful year, but then our marriage is also growing and um, it's just, it's kind of a rewarding time. My birthday is August 6th. Our wedding anniversary is August 10th. And my husband's birthday is August 20th. So we pretty much party all of August. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. <laughs> so it sounds like you, you had a really good idea of what you wanted this place to look like. Like it was already in your head when you were looking for the right venue. Yeah, I think that's what's unique. And nobody's brought that up before. Uh -huh. We did have a vision of what we wanted. And I think that brings us to how we can correlate so well with our clients is that we weren't alone in this idea that we wanted to create or this thing that we wanted. It wasn't um, necessarily we knew exactly every detail, but we had a big picture idea. You know, we wanted it to be large in size and have large weddings. We wanted it to be a clean slate and, you know, very open that anybody can come in here and bring whatever vision they wanted. Um, while also like encompassing that outdoor atmosphere, um, views, all of, all of that into one place. And it was just impossible to find here in the hills. There was pieces of every little thing and throughout different venues, but there wasn't that one thing that had all of it. Yeah. So from the time you bought the property to the time the barn was finished, what was that timeline and process like? <laughs> for me, I'm a little bit of a go-getter. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I would say that we moved mountains and especially looking back, the timeline that we put on ourselves because we knew, hey, if we're going to do this, we're going to get married here, yeah. right? Like we're not going to, we're not going to build this big old barn and not get married in it. Uh -huh. So we postponed our wedding a little bit, but um, the process, I mean, truthfully, being a female entrepreneur, um, my husband had a lot to do with the building and still the business, but it's on a different aspect. And so being a female entrepreneur, um, it was difficult and there was a lot of challenges. And uh, I, I sat at a lot of tables with a lot of men and had to stand a ground, which was really cool and unique. But I like that about my business. I like, I'm proud of that. Uh -huh. um, and maybe I'm a little feminist on that, <laughs> but I, I like being able to have a seat at the table with no matter who's on the other side and who you're working with. And I, I want all females to feel that and, and be able to challenge themselves to do that. Yeah, good for you. You thought of every detail and you have been very intentional about the atmosphere that you've created here. I mean, we're recording today in the bridal suite and this room is just amazing. Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, talk about that and your intentionality behind it and going through all those details and thinking through what every bride is going to want when she comes here. Um, so I think 
obviously our biggest thing was the canvas in the Black Hills is like making sure that we had features of the Black Hills where we lived was so important. So the two features of it was either be in the hills or have views of the hills. That yeah. was like our two choices uh -huh. for land. Um, and then just like being able to enhance the surroundings and facilitate a place to make it, I guess, anybody's dream come true and showcase their love in the way that it means to them. Um, so we created a solid foundation and that doesn't need to be a lot of work to make it beautiful. Um, even the couple that I just met with this morning is like, we really don't have a lot of decorations because we just feel like it's really pretty in here. So we're doing some candles and some greenery. And I th that to me is like one of the biggest compliments I can get is that we don't need a lot to make this. Um, but it can also be enhanced by a significant amount of luxury and decorations. Like we had one couple that came in here and did white carpet down the center aisle to have a wedding indoors. And I had never saw that before. And those are the things that strike me every once in a while where I'm like, wow, like it can be really, really simple and very beautiful. And it can be like put into a more luxury state and be even more beautiful. And so I really honor that. And, and that's something I think those are the biggest compliments to me. Yeah. And you can make every wedding unique that way. Yeah, absolutely. It's like wearing a little black dress and that can be simple and cute and pretty and put a jean jacket on it. But then you can also wear that same black dress with a heel and earrings and go to the nines with your hair and it totally changes it so to me I, I'm I love that I love this little white black dress that we've created yeah. in, a, in a building form yeah it's great so in addition to weddings what other types of events do you have here so I think for me um, weddings has always been my priority mm -hmm. I, I think I align with the clients the best it's obviously the best use of my space because we created this venue for weddings. Um, but we do do smaller events. We do a lot with nonprofits. Um, the space was definitely needed in the hills for more than events, and I, I've recognized that. Um, but also Christmas parties and off-season events, um, fall festivals, that kind of um, types of events that we've been able to bring in. But it's, I would say those are less my passion, and I understand that, and I, I want to make sure that I my vision always aligns with my passion and that I'm producing my passion. Yeah. So I think that's so important as an entrepreneur. You have to stay in your lane. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I totally believe staying in your lane. There's, We've had a lot smaller weddings and we've been able to produce them, but I have a wedding this weekend that's coming up that's 300 people. And I am so excited to be able to be back in that space, the space that we really created for. So pivoting's okay, and pivoting needs to happen, especially in the world that we're living today. Um, but there's also like a part of me that always wants to go back to where my passion is and why we, our business plan is the business plan that we created. Yeah. When somebody contacts you for an event, or especially a wedding, what does that process look like? Man, I this is something I very much value my staff for, and... I maybe become a workaholic on this sense because it's so important to me. Um, rapid communication. I mean, the minute that you submit your contact us form, within 24 hours, you're going to be getting an email from us. And everything's in an organized system. So everything's going through HoneyBook. And I make sure that our, our emails are professional and that my staff's communications with you are, are very professional um, I stand in and do tours and pre-event meetings with you because I, I believe that I am part of the product and I believe that the experience and professional and 
things that I have to offer are most valuable during your tours and your pre-event meetings. And then I'll stop in on the day of the wedding or maybe I'm working your eight to two or three to midnight shift with you. But most importantly, I think my expertise is valuable valuable in your touring experience and your pre-event meetings. So for me, it's, it's rapid communication, it's professional emails, it's having the pre-event meetings that I think a lot of venues don't have. Um, and the pre-event meetings go through everything from your timeline to who your other vendors are. Um, it could be as simple as creating your layout. Um, all of those things, you need somebody that has experience and I pride myself on knowing your day as well as you know your day at that pre-event meeting. Yeah. What's your favorite bridal story? Do you have one? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I think when we save the day on things that we didn't know that we could save the day on or maybe somebody else didn't know that they even needed somebody there for yeah. Um For instance, this is absolutely a ridiculous, small, minuscule thing, but... Um, the couple had a unity tree, and the unity tree got left inside. And as we were setting up our bar inside, we looked and we saw this tree, and we're like, oh, my gosh, why is this tree sitting in the middle of the room? Like, there's got to be something to do with this tree. So we ended up, um, like, running the tree out to the photographer and asking if they had done their unity. And somehow my staff saw these two, I guess, glassware. that One was water, and one was supposed to be a dirt and somehow we put two and two together and she hurried and got water in it and in the middle I'm standing at the back of the ceremony with this money tree that nobody had an idea that it was missing <laughs> um but how awkward had it been in the middle where they're like hey we're at the unity center ceremony and then nobody <laughs> had the unity <laughs> so uh, you know figuring out those small little details that I think if you only have good vendors will they pay attention and realize that oh my goodness, this unity tree needs to be out there. So having appropriate clothes to be able to walk a unity set. There you go. <laughs> We've got to make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of those small, like, just moments, um, those are things that you just have to be brave enough and put yourself out there to make sure that the day goes awesome. And I, I genuinely try to make sure that those things happen on our behalf and, and go with it. So good. One thing about putting on a wedding, it takes a village. So there's a lot of people that you have to work with, too, in the community to make this all happen. Yeah, absolutely. I, and thank you for bringing that up because the vendors, literally, you have to have a good vendor team. I think I mentioned that earlier, but the vendors that we have relationships with and that continually come back and grace us, but also people that literally have had one wedding here and they may be from Texas or Utah, I mean, they come and they're like, this is amazing. And they bring their A-game every time. And then we're graced with their professional photography photos. And it makes us look good on the back end. So truthfully to all the vendors that I've been graced with, I'm so grateful. And honestly, the people that come and the vendors that come here, I mean, I'm more grateful. And they make every day better as a venue owner. Um, I'm just so grateful for every vendor in the sense of a DJ, a decorator, a catering. I mean, the caterers come in and feed my food or feed food to my um, staff every time, without a doubt. Like, hey, please, please have your staff go get food. They don't even question it. It's just part of it. And those are the people that make my world go around. And I'm just so grateful. If you have an A plus team of vendors, your day is gonna go amazing. Yeah. The vendors, too, I think are a big part of who we are. And 
when you have a good vendor, there's less pieces that we have to pick up. And so when you have a good vendor team, everyone's going to pick up the pieces and it's a good reflection not only of me as the venue, but of every DJ and photographer. And I think that once you get the groove of who actually is good for you and is a good representation of you, it's it's really jivey when you all get together and you can produce that amazing wedding and there's something to that. Yeah, yeah. I never thought about that before, but the level of excellence that you provide is really dependent on a lot of people. Right. And yeah. Like we're a building, but the actual operations of a day of a wedding is not just the venue. There's yeah. so many people that take part in that day that need to be really good and on their A game. Yeah. What do you think sets you apart as a wedding venue? I mean, you've mentioned a lot of things, but what comes to mind when I say that? I personally think is that our journey, my journey, my and my husband's journey aligns so well with our couples. So we've lived what they're going through. They're similar in age, whether that age be 21 or 35. Somehow we find this like commonality between them. Um, and, and we live the same lifestyle as many as our couples. And so I think that having that commonality really sets us apart and I'm able to create an experience that I know that they want because I'm also the consumer and I have been the consumer and I have had a wedding here. So I don't think a lot of places can say that. Yeah. But I think that's really genuinely what sets us apart is we have the same vision and I want it to come to life as much as they do. Absolutely. So you mentioned before that you've grown up in a family of entrepreneurs. What are some of the greatest skills or greatest lessons that you've learned from watching your parents? Yeah, I think definitely both of my parents are outgoing and can talk to literally anyone. Mm -hmm. They can find that like striking one thing that sets them in that commonality like mm -hmm. we just talked about. So for me, I, I think finding common ground is just, you know what? Politically, I think we all need to hear it. Politically, we're not all going to align, but we may like the Denver Broncos or the Wisconsin Badgers. You know, there may uh -huh. be something in the middle of it that we need to keep focusing on, especially as humans right now, like the world we're living in, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, like find, find something you like. Maybe it's yeah. coffee. Maybe it's a rose. I don't know. But I think right now the lessons I've learned from my family is we need we just need to all learn how to be more common ground. That's so good. What's the best part about this business and being an entrepreneur for you? Clients. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, it's the little moments, mm -hmm. um, but when they're happy and they're satisfied, ultimately we want to work our butts off for them, right? Yeah. Um, I couldn't do my business without clients, and I, I truthfully think that and employees, I love building people up. Honestly, like having young females in my business that I'm able to kind of round out and, and help them grow their wings has been really awesome. And I, I've seen so many people come through that I've touched that have become bigger and better and not even from me, but just to have grown. I think for me, that's also like just owning this business. There's those two components and it always ends up being people. Yeah. What do you look for in someone that you're hiring? Oh, <laughs> honestly, I think it depends on what role they're going to play, right? Yep. Um, for me, my operations manager has strengths that I don't have. Uh, she's very organized. She's very much like 
type A <laughs> as much as we shouldn't say that, right? Right. Um, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't love doing tours. I love to do tours. So I think finding the person that's the right spot for them, um, but ultimately somebody that comes in that has a really good attitude every day. I think you can build skill sets, but if somebody comes in and they don't want to be there, if they are coming to work and they're maybe not in the right environment, it's so important to like figure out, is this really something you want to do? Like I can pay you all the money in the world, but if you don't want to be here, it's not going to be fun and it's for you or me. Yeah. So I, I think that's hard to find in a person. It's hard to ask in an interview. Um, but sometimes we have to trial and error to be able to find that person. Right. And it also, I think it's encouraging for you to say that just because it's worth it to find the right person, mm -hmm. even if it takes a little longer. It does. And sometimes you, I don't want to say fail, but you hire somebody and they don't work. Yep. And maybe it's not even working just on your behalf. Maybe it's not working on theirs too. So I, I, I think the, the world is like finding the right people and making sure that they're happy in their jobs. Yeah. What advice would you have for other entrepreneurs out there who are looking to pursue a dream like you did? Go for it. But also, like, know it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. You have to have the tenacity and the grit to be able to, like, have all those moments of no's to get through it. Um, before, I was a pharmaceutical rep, and I went and called on doctors. So hence back to my husband, right? I'm not scared of doctors at this point, <laughs> but at the time, I mean, these people in these other categories of life make you feel like you're littler than them, but we're all just humans, right? Yep. And I think if you put yourself on that playing ground of like, everybody is human and everybody makes mistakes, but everyone also has strengths. I think just making sure that you know that you may have a strength or you may know your product or you may know this need way better so go for it if you really genuinely do it. The second half of that is do a business plan. I see so many businesses that I know they haven't done a business plan because there's no way a business plan was viable with the business they've done. Mm -hmm. So it is a lot of work. I've spent hours and hours and hours doing my business plan, but I can honestly tell you that I'm better and I'm a better business owner now and futuristically for doing my business plan, even though it may not be exactly what I'm doing. At least I know other strengths and weaknesses. I know what, like you said in the, you know, throughout this podcast, like you have to figure out who you're targeting and stick to that target market and stay in your lane. And without that business plan, you don't know what that lane is and you're just going to hop all over until you're drowning. Yeah. It's almost like a guide. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this is an incredible property. I mean, amazing. Do you have plans for other things you might want to do here? Oh, good question. <laughs> it's like the million dollar question. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, personally, I would love to do A-frame cabins here eventually. I think it's definitely a need for the space. But I, growth and um, further opportunity, again, goes back to that business plan where you don't want to just hop into something and not be prepared with your resources and not do what is needed. Um, we need a groomsman's area. We definitely need it bad. It's one of those things that people are like, gosh, I wish I had or wish you had, you know, but 
what does that look like? Where is that space created? And so there's so many more questions, I think, in growth and opportunity that we have to stop and ask ourselves instead of just doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I think there's opportunity for growth here. Yeah. But um, it's a time that needs to be thought out and, and done well, um, similar to the venue space. Um, it needs to be done with intent. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've really filled a need in your community with this barn. How has the community embraced you and this business? You know what's unique about my business is I think my community has embraced it on the fact of how many tourists I bring to this area. Mm. You You don't think about the amount of people that come to a wedding from other places or why they choose this place. Um, Recently, I had a wedding that sat 300 and, I think, 20 people. There was two people in the facility that actually lived in Spearfish. They drove, everyone else drove six hours to get here at the minimum. So to me, that's like, I'm bringing the community a lot more than just a venue. Uh I'm bringing them people to thrive in their community. Yeah. So I think for me, it was truthfully, it's truthfully bringing people here to let them see our beautiful surroundings and really fall in love, not only with, yes, the barn Aspen Acres, but Spearfish and all of the beauty it has. So I've filled some gaps with nonprofits and some other events, but truthfully, I think that I've brought more to this community and and all of the Black Hills. I mean, I've had couples here from Hawaii and Pennsylvania. Um, I recently had a Norwegian man get married. His family couldn't make it because they were from overseas and with COVID. But just the amount of people that have graced this place, I think is really cool, not only for me, but for our entire community. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, how do we follow along with everything you have going on? Yeah, I would love for um, anybody to follow us. Um, Instagram is definitely where we're the most active. Um, It's at Black Hills Barn. Um, Our website is blackhillsbarn.com. We are on Facebook, the Barn Aspen Acres. Um, but hey, if you're in the hills and you want a tour or you want to come around, um, give us a heads up. We won't let you come in on a wedding day. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can't let uninvited guests. <laughs> but please come and we'll happily tour you guys around or answer questions. And yeah, the Barn Founder is my own personal um, business page. Um, but Black Hills Barn is where most of us are on Instagram. Perfect. Well, everyone go go check out their page and give her a follow because the pictures will blow you away. It's it's really incredible. So Thank you. Tia, thanks for being on the podcast. This was great. This was so fun. Thank you so much. Well, I love Tia's drive as an entrepreneur and how intentional she is in running this business. Be sure to go check out the Black Hills Barn on social media to see more of this amazing venue and follow along. Do you dream of owning a business in a small town? We've created the Rural Business Opportunity List for you. Through this list, we're connecting entrepreneurs and business owners to help keep small business thriving in our communities. This list includes business opportunities that are located across rural America. They're in towns with populations under 15,000. They show a proven track record of success based on revenue, sustainability, and more. And they provide opportunities for apprenticeships, business buyouts, or business partnerships. 
Our goal with this list is to connect current business owners with future business owners, and we hope you find what you're looking for here. Check out our website at ruralrevival.co for more and to see how you can get your business opportunities in your town on the list. Huge thanks to Tia for being on the podcast, and thanks to you for tuning in. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.